This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's so good to be with you guys. And yeah, I feel very at home. And I bless this church. I, 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 I told the, the first, in the first service also that I... I feel proud of, of Shofar in our city. We've been here for 26 years in the city, so uh, we, we've seen a lot of things happen, and it was wonderful when Andre and, and Sonica came and joined the, the city and the churches here. So we are excited, and we were, last week, I, I visited here with a, with a conference, and just to see God moving in a wonderful way, it's it's really amazing. And, and we just, yeah, we... We thank the Lord. I, yeah, I've been a pastor. I was in ministry as a pastor for about 35 years and then kind of, I, 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 I tilted. I don't know. I don't know. When we were younger, we played pinball. I know nowadays it's like computer, but a pinball, if you shake it too much, it tilts. It just goes off. So <laughs> I think I was shaken too much and then I tilted for, for a little bit <laughs> and I burnt out. Um, and so four years ago, I, I made a decision to, to spend uh, time, oh, what a blessing. The children, <laughs> we rejoice. Laka, hallelujah, no filters. So I, I decided to, to, to just focus on counseling, and I've really, the Lord has really just blessed that, and God really spoke to me about just simplifying my life, and I think it's really a word in season for all of us. You know, it's just make, make things more simple. Something, when, when things are too complicated, you need to kind of stop and say, why is this so complicated? You know, and just make a shift. And we are in a wonderful season of our lives. I, next week is, is my 59th birthday. So next year I'm 60 and Karin and I have been married for 37 years. We've got three children and we are now the proud owners of a grandchild. <laughs> so, and, yeah, she's, she's four months old and we're expecting another one in April. So we are just growing in, in joy and, and blessing. So we are really grateful for what the Lord has done. And I'm excited to see what he wants to do in your life. And I really felt this morning when, when I, I was at the intercession this morning and when we were praying, I actually for a moment just, uh, you know, saw one of these amazing living creatures flying in the air with the face of a lion, a face of an eagle, a face of an ox, and a face of a man. It's quite a scary picture. But I was just, again, just reminded of, of God's presence and how important it is for us to, to renew our minds. Everybody sitting here this morning, you've come in here this morning with, with different things, different emotions. You've come in with, with loss. You've come in with struggle and, and, and tension and whatever. Whatever you're struggling with, God knows and I, I felt this morning that one of the things that I would love for us to do is just to do an activation this morning and, and to just, so can we just stand and then we're going to, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but we are a spirit and we have a soul and, and we actually, and we live in a body, but we are spirit. So we want to, we want to come this morning and just speak, first of all, to speak to our flesh and say, flesh, you know, you are a good servant. 
but a bad master. And I want to bow you before the Holy Spirit and my spirit in Jesus' name. So, so we're going to just do that. Just a few, just like, just activating and, and renewing our minds. So let's just speak this out. Flesh, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I bow you before the Holy Spirit and my spirit in Jesus' name. Soul, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I bow you before the Holy Spirit and my spirit in Jesus' name. Mind, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I bow you before the Holy Spirit and my spirit in Jesus' name. Will, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I bow you before the Holy Spirit and my spirit in Jesus' name. Emotions, you are good servants, but bad masters. I bow you before the Holy Spirit and my spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit. <laughs> it, you can wake up in the morning and do this. It makes your life so much easier because, yeah, our flesh is, is a good servant, but really not a good master. And especially emotions, you know, it's like they are not good servants. So, or they are good servants, but bad masters. And we don't want to be, we want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And, and my spirit and God's spirit, we, they testify with God's spirit that I'm his child. So we're going to, this morning, just, I'm going to share with you about, you know, just the process of, of choosing joy. And I, 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 your, it was so your church or the, the congregation also supported Karin and I. We, we got an invitation in March to go to Holland. It was literally, and we really felt the Lord was saying, go. And, and we actually said, we're going to go. And then it's like the Lord just provided. We went for our visa interview on the 29th of April. On the 29th, oh, the 21st of April, 29th of April, they said, your visas have been approved and you must pick them up. We sent friends to go and fetch them for us. And they, gave, they met us at the airport. We were so excited. Got our visas. The Lord has, has provided. He's answered given us an opportunity to go. And as we went in with our passports, they opened it up and say, sir, your, your visa is only from the 30th of July. And it was supposed to be or, oh, 0307, but it was 3007. So it was, it was a wrong date. So now we're standing there. We can't get on the airplane. So we, we, we go back to Pretoria to Karin's uh, family or our family and and then we go to the, the embassy and they just, the next day, that within a few hours, they sorted it. We've got new visas. The, the, the airline said, listen, just come back with your new visa and we'll put you on the plane. So we go back with our wonderful new visas and they say, sorry, we don't have place for you on the plane. But if you want to go, you can pay like 28,000 rand and then we can put you on the plane. So we said, no, sorry, we, we kind of lost night. You said we're on. So we're not on. So now... Obviously, we, we are not feeling too lack. Karin starts crying. She says, actually, get my mask up because she's crying behind a mask, which is <laughs> at that stage, we were still wearing masks. So now she's crying. And I, and I, and I say to her, listen, we have to now make a choice. We'll have to, we must choose joy now 
although I feel like I want to kind of lay hands on the people, the airline people. Um, it's like, so, and I say to her, man, don't cry. We've, we've still got our children because we just visited friends who lost their son. And I said, we've got all our children and I'm trying to console her and, and actually doing the wrong thing. But, but then I said to her, listen, now we need to choose joy. And, and so we went back to her family and it, it, it uh, the, then, um, the wonderful thing is while, while we were in this wait, waiting and then all of a sudden my phone rang and my, 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 uh, our family, one of the family members said, listen, I've just landed here at Oliver Tombo. I, I, my, my flight was delayed. Are you guys okay? I said, no, we're not okay. We need a lift back to Pretoria again. So we got a lift back. And then we, when we got back there, the, the, the children had written us little letters to say, oh, shame, sorry, yalla. And, you know, they were very, and it just, it picked us up. We just felt, and, and, and we just like, we realized, listen, this is now happening. And then we flew the, the, the Wednesday morning, but we had a 15 hour layover and we couldn't get a place to stay. So we were sleeping in one of these quiet rooms, which is not quiet. Um, but you know what? We, we, all the time, we, we, we say to each other, listen, we have to choose, we have to choose joy. Joy must be our vehicle because we're not going to get out of the situation if we don't grab hold of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And James, James writes this in James chapter one. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's kind of difficult for me to consider it as an opportunity for joy. It feels like it's an opportunity for for disaster. He says, for I know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. In the moment where you're facing that stuff, it doesn't feel like, this is going to work. And I, I love the Passion Translation. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection in every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Isn't that wonderful? Because that's what he does. But it's not, I don't, that's not our first place. We don't go to joy. We, we, we go to another place. We go to dread and we go to all these negative thought patterns. And so I want us this morning just to look at seven rules of joy. And we, we, I want us at the end of this to, to actually declare this over our lives. But the first, the first rule, I think, of joy, or the first important thing is that joy is a choice. You have a choice every day is to choose joy. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 17, he says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So we have to choose joy. And guys, don't. The first thing that we normally do when, when things go wrong is we blame ourselves. It's like, 
oh my word, I, we never looked in our passports. We just took our passports in faith. We didn't even look in it to see if the date was right. You know, then you blame yourself and say, what, you know, and guys, you need to stop, you, you have to stop blaming yourself. Don't blame yourself for things gone wrong because resentment robs you of joy. It's like resentment is like a, it's like a slippery slope. You just, because you're going to just go down that pathway. And also resentment makes you look back and look at all the negative instead of looking forward and saying, Lord, this is where you want me to go. So it's a choice that I make. I choose, Lord, I choose the joy. I choose your joy in my life. And then it's, it's important that the second thing that we need to do is do the next thing. <laughs> it's like sometimes we, 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 because of what's happened to us, we just stop in panic. And sometimes we just, we have to take, do the next thing. So we cherish the adversity because adversity actually leads to intimacy. I love the word intimacy because it's into me see. It's like everything is revealed inside. You know, you know, you could have, you could have actually, you, you're sitting here very moy and very friendly, but maybe you had a very, I said in the previous, I gave the translation, we had a Mursa fight, but it's big. It's a big fight in the car. Okay. And now you're sitting here, but this, we have to, we have to have intimacy. We have to allow the Lord to see into our hearts. And, and, and we, we, we have to embrace adversity because it actually leads to that intimacy. And that's what, what the Hebrew writer says. Um, he says that we have this wonderful crowd of witnesses that are around us and we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that, that we also easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race. For the path has already been marked out before us. And we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention on Jesus. We, we have to do the next thing. It's, it's on Pentecost, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. What did they say? They say, what does this mean? And what should we do? Lord, what is the next thing? What is the next thing that you want me to do? I'm not going to stand here and be... Because of the, the trauma and the pain that I'm feeling, I'm not going to just stop. Lord, show me what, what the next thing is that you want me to do. And then in the third, thirdly, your focus determines your reality. What you focus on. Um, I, 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 can, I can tell you now that if you're looking for something to complain about, you will find it. And it's easy in South Africa at the moment. It's really easy. It's like just when you complain, the lights go off and then, you know, and then it's dark. And, and, and so, so your focus determines your reality. Where is your focus? If your focus is on Jesus and on what God is busy doing and, and what did Jesus say? He says, I only do what I see my father doing, you know, so we have to focus on what is God busy doing. Lord, what are you busy doing in my life? Help me to focus on that because my focus will determine the reality that I'm living in. Lord, you are bigger than this. And even if I don't have an inverter or solar, I, I know I have you. You understand? We have to. He's bigger than that. So I don't want to be controlled by my circumstances. And, and that's the principle of 
that your focus, and, and you have to kind of ask yourself, where's your focus at the moment? What are you looking at? You know, are you, what is, you know, who is your source? If God is not your source, you're going to look at people, and people are going to determine your happiness, or your, you know, if you think that your, your, your money that you're getting is coming from, from your business or your, bo- your boss, that's the wrong perception, because then you're trusting that person or that thing. You need to look at who is, who is my source. God is our source. I trust you, Lord. And then number four is joy is not getting what you want. It's actually enjoying what you have. There's a joy in the journey of, of my relationship with the Lord. And sometimes we have to just embrace it and enjoy what God has given me. So we find our sufficiency because joy is appreciating what we have. And when we embrace that adversity, joy is, is, is actually, joy is a person. Joy is Jesus. Joy is a person. I don't know if you've known that. So you have to embrace joy. Joy is, is a person. And Jesus so many times rejoiced. And he says, Father, I rejoice that you've actually not shown this to everybody, but, but that, that, that they understand who I am. And, and Jesus rejoiced in, 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 in his father. And he rejoiced also in, in, in the fact that, that he, that he existed in, in, in Philippians chapter two. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought of ceasing equality with God as a supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became a human. He humbled himself. And became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. And because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. And the authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. So everything and everyone will one day submit to that name because Jesus laid himself down. And Jesus, and in Hebrews 12, we read that, that, that Jesus' face and his focus was on his father and what God was doing. So he, he, he captured or he went into dying knowing that that would bring life to, to us. That, we were the focus. The joy that Jesus has is seeing the end product for you and me. That's why he's joyful, because he sees what it's done for you and for me. And we cannot, it's, it's not just getting what I want, but it's enjoying where I am. Lord, thank you for what I have. And sometimes you just need to stop for a moment and just be thankful and think about what is he doing in your life? What is he, Lord, you are so good. I love number five because you cannot spell testimony without test. You see, we love, we don't like the test. We want, I don't know, the moany, you know, moany can most probably, you can moan in the process or it can be moany, money, testimony. But, but there's a test. Guys, and I've got good news for you about the test. I don't know if you know this, but it's an open book test. Yes, I was always, I wished, I wished we had that at school. 
Because we never had an open book test. It was only later in life when I did my master's degree that you have an open book test. And that was, that was so lucky because you could just, okay, everything's here. I just take it, read it, make a, tell them what the answer is. But that's how easy it is because we have an open book. You have the Bible, but it's not open all the, all the time. You see, that's the problem. But we have an open book test. You can, can go find the answer. It's in the book. Okay, go. And the wonderful thing about this test is that you can actually look on your Mikey's work, on your friend. I mean, yo, I mustn't, I don't know if I must say it, but anyway, when I was at school, we used to have little script notes. I don't know, like you have a little thing with a, with a, with a elastic. Okay, I'm just giving you some, so don't do it. You just pull it out and you see the, and then you just let it go and it shoots back into your stout. Okay, I, I have repented. <laughs> the wonderful good news today is that you're allowed to actually crip. You can look on other people's work. Okay, I, I, so write some notes, write the scriptures down and put them in your toilet or put them in your pocket so that when you are afraid or put them in your car and speak it. You, and, but you're also allowed to look on your, on your friend's work. We used to, when we wrote tests, we used to put a suitcase between you and your Mikey at school. Because you're not allowed to peek. You're allowed to peek. You can come and look at my work anytime. See what's, what's God done in my life and learn from it. You're welcome. And the wonderful thing about this test is that the teacher actually lives inside of us. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Thank you, Lord. So, but you cannot have a testimony without the test. We, we couldn't testify. We, we, we went to Amsterdam. We got there three days later. But you know what? It's amazing that, that we actually realized that it was actually good that we were there later because there were other things that we didn't know of. And, I mean, it's a long story, but we realized that God's timing was perfect. And, and we... We, we just said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the test, because the test has actually brought us a testimony. About 20 years ago, we came out of a, a home group one night of our church, and we came outside, and our car was stolen. And I, and I just said, Lord, thank you that you are in control of this. And then when we, when we well, we didn't get in our car. We didn't have a car to get in. We got into our friend's car, and I said to Karin, I wonder if I would be so full of joy if, if we didn't have insurance. <laughs> and that was tested, because then it was a Honda Ballard, and it didn't have like a visa, V-E-E-S-A, whatever, clearance, which, and then the insurance didn't pay us out for our car. I had to choose joy. I had to say, Lord... You are bigger than this. And we have to get to a place where we can rejoice not on what we see, but on who we see. Because you cannot have a testimony without the test. You will be tested. Sorry. But you know that it's okay. Open book, Mikey's God in you. Okay. And then enjoy the journey. Enjoy it now. You, you cannot shortcut the process. The, 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 
This is a very big word for an Afrikaans person, but the chrysalis, you know, the butterfly, that whole from a puppy to a cocoon to a butterfly. Okay. Now, I, I one day I saw this poor butterfly. It couldn't get out of this thing, so I shot it out so it can get, get away. And then it died. And, and because it actually needed to flap its wings so that the blood would go into its wings so that it could fly. But I thought that I'm going to help, but I didn't. I killed the poor butterfly. Because I wanted to intervene. So sometimes just allow the process. And especially with your children. Don't. Sometimes you need to just step back for a moment and let them flap their wings a bit. Get blood in the wings so that they have strength. Um, just, just have wisdom. Don't, don't shortcut. I, I actually like shortcuts. I I hate waiting and all that kind of stuff. Microwave ovens was my answer to pray because it's just quick. And I think that we all want microwave answers. We just want everything to happen quickly. But you cannot shortcut a process. So enjoy the journey. Lord, what are you doing now? What, is, what can I enjoy about what's happening at the moment in my life? And then number seven is to prophesy your praise. I love this. It's like prophesying and say, Lord, thank you that, that, I can, I, that this is going to happen. And I'm prophesying that I'm going to praise you for this. And in that moment when we, the second time we were rejected, not getting on the plane, you kind of think, oh, my word. But we chose joy and we said, Lord, thank you that, that you want us to be in Amsterdam. There's a reason for us to be there. And there was a reason. And we went. And we, I mean, I, Karina and I cooked for 100 people. I mean, and nobody died. It was amazing. <laughs> so there was a blessing for everybody. And I, and, and our son, my son, Jean, and, and his wife, Alex, they in England. And he's with YWAM in England. And he's a worship leader. And, and we were just, I was just prophesying the fact that, and saying, Lord, I'm praising you that John is going to get his spousal visa. It was just like, it just, things just didn't work out. And then on the 6th of September, it happened. He's got a spousal visa and things fell in place. And, and it was just lovely to prophesy praise. So learn to do that. Learn to do that. Listen to this wonderful psalm. We'll put it up for you. Psalm 30. Listen to how amazing this psalm is. Um, sorry, I lost my spot there for a moment. I've learned that his anger lasts for a moment, but his loving favor lasts a lifetime. We may weep through the night or at the airport, but at daybreak it will turn into shouts of ecstatic joy. I remember boasting. I've got it made. Nothing can stop me now. I'm God's favorite one. He's made me steady as a mountain. But then suddenly you hid your face from me and I was panic stricken and became depressed. Still I cried out to you, Lord of oh God. I shouted out mercy saying, what would you gain in my death if I were to go down into the depths of darkness? Will a grave sing your song? How could this dust declare your faithfulness? So hear me now, Lord. Show me your famous mercy, O God. Be my savior and rescue me. 
Then he broke through and transformed all my wailing into a whirling dance of ecstatic praise. He has torn the veil and lifted from me the sad heaviness of mourning. He wrapped me in the glory garments of gladness. How could I be silent when it's time to praise you? Now my heart sings out, bursting with joy, a bliss inside that keeps me singing. I can never thank you enough. Thank you, Lord. There's something about the joy of the Lord that is not subject to circumstances. It's not dependent on what's going on in the world around me or whether or not my dream was fulfilled or if I got my way in a certain situation. Joy is alive in me because the spirit of the resurrected Christ lives in me and his nature is one of joy. It's just, it, it touches my life. It it, it's, it's just there, and, and I want to be like that. Guys, I want you to, to actually walk into your office tomorrow morning and just take the joy that is in you because Christ is in you, and he's the hope of glory, the hope of more, the hope of, of goodness. And, and, and just to, 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 to do that. And joy is a supernatural gift that is only stepped us, stepped up. Or as we yield to the spirit. So it's, it's a, it's a supernatural gift and it, it only, it's activated the more I yield to the Holy Spirit. And so choosing joy transforms us and it gives us an access to a perspective that is higher than our current circumstances. You see, that's what it does. It's like an upgrade. I know nobody likes an upgrade. I hate the upgrade, but with a phone. I mean, like now you have to learn everything new. It's, but, but God has upgrades. That's part of upgrades. And if you want, if you want a joy upgrade, you must yield to the spirit and allow him to do that. Choosing the joy transforms us. And the moment you choose joy, the moment you say, Lord, I'm choosing joy as the vehicle, this vehicle will carry me to that other place. It transforms me. Because Hebrews 12, verse 2, we, he says, we keep our eyes on Jesus, and we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We have this great cloud of witnesses. We let go of all the stuff that is holding us back. And how do we do this? We do this, verse 2, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So Jesus, Jesus had a joy that he saw. And in the Passion Translation, it, it translates so more nicely. It says, his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. And he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the agony of the cross because he knew that you would be his. He was rejoicing while he was on the cross because he saw Cory and he saw Karin and he saw 
Hendendruk, and everybody that's here, he saw you, and that filled him with joy, because he knew. In Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was the governor, and and Ezra was the priests, and they they said to the people in verse nine and ten of Nehemiah eight, "Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God." For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law, so they read the law, and and the people heard the law, and and they started crying. Because they were sad because they hadn't been in line with what God wanted for them. But he said, you must rejoice. Go and celebrate. He said, go with a feast of rich food, sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with those who have nothing. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is where the scripture comes from. The context was they heard the law. They started crying. Say, don't cry, guys. Go home. Go have a party because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we need to, we need to declare that. And Karina and I, we, we had faith that, that we would go to Holland. And we, we kind of knew the base existed. We saw pictures of it. And I, so my faith believes that it exists and it's real. And, and our hope was that we would go there and that we would put our feet on the, in that base. But there was a vehicle that took us there and that vehicle was joy. So sometimes you have to realize that, Lord, I'm trusting you for this, but Lord, I need the joy. I need your joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So as I go and as I move to that place, in the meantime, thank you that your joy is going to sustain me. And that's why we can, when, when James says, when it seems like you're facing nothing but difficulties, just know that there's a greater joy that is coming. And guys, if you, if you kind of, if you add up your circumstances, and your answer that you get isn't joy, then you've left Jesus out of the equation. <laughs> so, so if you add up, add up your circumstances and, and your deepest, your deepest problems, needs, and the answer isn't joy, then Jesus isn't part of the equation because Jesus plus changes everything because Jesus is the joy. And I embrace joy as a person in my life. So I want us to stand up and we're going to make some declarations today. And we're going to make these seven things that I've spoken about. And we're going to choose that joy this morning. So let's speak this out. So I declare, I will choose joy. I declare, I will do the next thing that God shows me. I declare my focus is on your character. And that determines my reality. I declare that joy isn't getting what I want. It's appreciating what I have. I declare 
that I can't spell testimony without a test. I'm choosing to enjoy the journey. And I choose to prophesy my praise. So guys, let's just do that. Let's, let's think about your life at the moment. And let's just start speaking words of life over my, over my, over my life and in my situation. And I want to trust the Lord today. And, and if you feel like if you are struggling at the moment and you are held back by your circumstances and you don't know what to do, I want to encourage you this morning just to come to the front. And we are going to pray with you and we're going to pray breakthrough over your life. But let's just declare, just prophesy your praise this morning. Just think about your life and thank the Lord for the turnaround that he's going to bring. And, and come, come to him this morning. Thank you, Lord. We prophesy the praise that is coming. I'm not looking at my circumstances. I rejoice, Lord, in the process of where I am at the moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, I just speak your life over us today. And I, I prophesy this morning, Father, for the wonderful, amazing things that you're going to do, even for this church. Father, I prophesy that there will be even bigger things that are going to happen. And thank you, Father, for the breakthroughs that already have happened. But thank you for those that are coming and that we can rejoice in that. We prophesy the praise of Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that the, 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 the spirit of Jesus, or the, the, the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, and Father, thank you. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we testify about the goodness of the Lord. And I pray that the Lord will just come this morning and just fill you with his peace. And I pray that as you, as you leave here today, that his grace will fill you. But don't go. If you, if you need a breakthrough, if there's something that is, if your joy has been stolen by circumstances, let Jesus come this today and just take that away, whatever it is. So, Father, thank you. May the Lord, I pray that the Lord will bless you. I pray that the Lord will keep you. I pray that you will walk in joy this week and that you will take that joy and let other people see it in your life. And don't be held back by your circumstances. And I see, I know the Lord is, that whole principle of God is that his, his thoughts to you are kind thoughts and he dances over you with joy because he loves you so much. And if you've lost your joy, may the Lord just restore that back to you today in Jesus' name. And may the Lord just bless you and keep you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.